Hi everyone, you are now tuning in to another episode of Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. Our special guest today is a woman of many talents, such as screenwriter, producer, segment producer, and executive producer, Jenna Frank. We hope you enjoy part one of this two-part discussion. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We are at Vonti Talks with Filmmakers and I'm super excited, yes, because my girl Jenna Frank is here. She's a writer, producer, executive producer, and sometimes even acting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jenna does it all. <laughs> Jenna has taken on a variety of hats like producing episodes of American Idol, the short screen time, and being the executive producer of shows such as Men Imperfect, and also the creator of the upcoming series, The Audacious Adventures of Audra Lee. So welcome so much, Jenna. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Vonti. It's so good to see you. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I'm over here on the East Coast. Jenna's on the West, but we're still making this happen, and we're going to spend the yeah exactly we're going to spend the day just like talking about her experiences and her journey and everything and speaking of that can you tell us about your journey in filmmaking and how long you've been in the industry yeah I kind of stumbled into the film industry if I'm being honest mm -hmm. I um didn't go to school for this and I was actually working originally as a creative producer for live events so like conferences and music festivals um and then I moved to LA in 2013 and that's when I started getting more into film and TV it kind of started out more on the social media and digital marketing side and then that moved into full-on filmmaking yeah. uh broadcast television all of that so um, that side of it specifically, like filmmaking, broadcast, television, probably since 2016. So it's been a few years now, but I um, definitely didn't think that I would be doing this <laughs> in this capacity. So it's definitely been a journey. So let me ask you, when you say that, what um, what was that career path that you were thinking of? What was that the dream job that you thought was going to be it. Some people are like astronauts when they're young. I want to be yeah. a doctor. What was yours before? You so I actually to went to school for music um, and really kind of thought that that was going to be the lane that I was going to be in. Um, but I'm like an okay musician. I'm not, I mean, there are way better musicians than me and <laughs> I am terrible, Vonti. I'm telling you, terrible songwriter and I tried for so long to make it happen because I was like I'm like a fine guitar player I'm like a fine singer so like maybe I should just be a songwriter because then I don't have to be like the person mm -hmm. but I can like write a good song can't write a good song <laughs> to save my life so I was like you know what this is not working and then when I moved to LA and kind of needed to reinvent myself anyways I was like you know what I'll try entertainment and <laughs> it just I don't know it just really clicked for me and I think even especially more recently like in the writing space I was just like oh like I can write I just can't write songs and so I was really <laughs> like finding kind of the right outlet I think for it mm -hmm. um but yeah I I really thought I was going to be in the music lane um, I definitely still have a huge passion for music and work with a lot of musicians in different capacities, but um, 
you know, at the end of the day for me, like filmmaking and previously music really just all about like storytelling and being able to, you know, give voices to people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have that type of platform. Um, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here, but even in projects that I help develop, uh, you know, I really try to find projects that, uh, you know, have a, have a deeper meaning, a deeper story there. Um, you know, whether that's from a writer that maybe wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity like that, or, you know, just the story itself, that's, you know, a story that we haven't heard a million times before or told in a unique way. So I really try to bring that aspect into, um, all of the different pieces that I'm involved in, in the filmmaking process. That's really excellent because it sounds like everything has come full circle. So even though you didn't get into the music stuff, think about it, you were able to be like on American Idol where they're like judging the musicians, the the singers and everything. But we haven't known each other for that long, right? I mean, we've worked together before, but first of all, we're definitely, when I come to LA, we're doing karaoke. Yes. If you're saying you're singing- We'll hit up K-Town. I'll take you to the best karaoke spots. We'll sing our little hearts out. It'll be great. <laughs> Let me tell you, one time I went to this job and they were like, oh, we got a karaoke mic. I'm over there singing Tina Turner. I'm dropping on the <laughs> floor. I'm like, you know, but the next day I was hurting, but all of my coworkers were I love the it. biggest smile. Yeah, exactly. They were just like, you were serious about this. Rest in peace as well to Tina Turner. <laughs> but I just had to do some Proud Mary. But going back to what you had mentioned as far as like, the music festivals and everything. How do you feel like that translated well when you transitioned um, over to, you know, LA and everything? What made you get into, you know, aside from, because you mentioned you were a musician, right? But then you said you also did the festivals. So you were doing more of the production side of that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That was actually kind of um, something that I chose to do when I was in college. Um, for my internship, I was like, I'm going to kind of get into this creative production side of things just to have an additional skill set. And um, I know we haven't known each other that long, but if you know anything about me, I love efficiency and um, time management and yes. prioritization. <laughs> I love all of those things almost. <laughs> equally as I love the creative side. And so producing for me, whether that's a live event or, um, you know, film and television, it's really kind of a great way to bring those two pieces together. Um, I think sometimes it plays into my, um, you know, wanting to kind of be able to control the outcome of things, which... (laughs) therapist says is maybe not good in every aspect of my life but (laughs) when it comes to um film and tv it's you know it's really important to have um kind of that person that has all of those elements buttoned up and knows what's going on and can kind of see the bigger picture of like where all of these smaller pieces need to come together and where it's headed so um that's really what I learned from doing you know the music festivals and the conferences and album recordings and all of that is, you know, because a lot of that stuff is live, which, you know, translated to the stuff I do with live TV for American Idol and awards, you have to be so buttoned up and you have to, um, you know, obviously troubleshoot as much as you can before you hit that record button, but you also have to be able to really kind of 
um, flex and change on the fly because you just really don't know what's going to happen, whether it's a technical difficulty or a you know, one of the talent doing something that's just out of pocket or wasn't planned for. And mm -hmm. so I think those elements of, you know, live production really translated for me in, you know, both the scripted and unscripted world when it comes to film and TV. Um, I think, you know, there's just so many different pieces that need to come together, whether that's like via communication or like I said, on, on the spot, kind of like problem solving all of those pieces. Um, you kind of need that, you know, central figure or central team that, you know, everyone can turn to for those answers. And so um, that was probably the biggest takeaway from, you know, doing the live, live events that I brought into the film and TV side is just kind of like being on top of my shit and like knowing <laughs> what's going on. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. Um, no, 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 you're fine. What I was going to say is you know, Jenna is not a micromanager. She's a multitasker. And I think a lot of producers are like that. You have to know every moving piece. So like I've, I've said before, I've worked in corporate as a project manager before, and you are literally managing a whole bunch of teams and projects simultaneously and a lot of moving parts at the same time. And you need to know where you are in the process. And I think when I was working with you, what I loved about working with you was that First of all, you were just like right behind the front desk when I came in. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is. It's my first day here, but I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in. And you were such a nice person, but you were on top of your stuff. And you're also very humble, which I like that as well, you know? And now a word from one of our sponsors. After starting my podcast, I needed to hire the pros to market the content. Are you looking for digital success? Look no further. World Boss HQ is your strategic partner. Their experts turn your vision into a digital masterpiece. From stunning websites to powerful marketing, they've got you covered. Startups or established businesses, they are your one-stop solution. Visit worldbosshq.com. That is W-O-R-L-D-B-O-S-S-H-Q.com. And unleash your potential today. World Boss HQ Digital Marketing. Your online empire awaits. We are excited to bring you this world-exclusive teaser from Bad Rabbit Pictures and Movie Pods. They are presenting Age of Prophecy, a sci-fi fantasy podcast done in the style of the radio dramas of yesteryear. Coming soon to all streaming platforms. Visit www.moviepods.com or www.thenukechronicles.com for all the release dates. You won't want to miss this one. Your myths were born from our history. Let's check it out. Life, a vile, messy sequence of events before we die. All designed for something beyond us. It has to be, or else what's the point? You don't know me, but I know you. I am responsible for your triumphs and miseries. And to truly understand your own story, you must know mine. 
Your myths were born from my history. Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. One of the biggest things I've learned is, you know, so much of this industry is about your relationships and how you work with people and your work ethic. Because again, I didn't go to school for any of this. I have very much kind of like learned as I went Mm -hmm. and worked my way up from, you know, PA all the way through. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that I wouldn't have a lot of the opportunities that I have had if it weren't for that piece of it. And again, not to sound prideful, but there's been so many jobs that I've gotten purely based off of my reputation of like, oh yeah, I worked with Jenna on X. She would be great. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize, especially when they're first starting out, especially being a woman, especially being a woman of color. Like there's so many spaces where you feel like you have to be like, kind of like bitchy or whatever to like get the point across. But like, I have just really tried to like, take the position of no, like, I'm really going to not to sound super cliche, but just like (laughs) people with kindness, you know, and like ask for stuff in a way that I would want to be asked. Even if I'm not being asked that way, like I'm going to ask you in a way that I would want to be asked, that I would want to be talked to. Um, And at the end of the day, like the thing with film and television is like, we're not out here curing cancer. We're not (laughs) doing brain surgery. We're like creating and we're doing something that we all love and are super passionate about and we're um creating and hopefully speaking to people and um you know helping people think about things in a different way or from a different viewpoint mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we're not curing cancer and so i just really always try to find like the element of fun the element of growth mm-hmm. uh, and like the relationship within every project that i'm working on And, you know, what is great about what you're saying is you're saying it is important to start at the bottom and and work your way up. It's almost like um, a long lasting internship where you're just constantly learning on the fly. And I will say, you know, shout out to all the healthcare providers. You guys are doing the excellent work, but also as creatives, we do, in my opinion, certain times help heal. You know, people like us that are screenwriters, we try and dive deeper into um, a person's psych and everything when we're creating characters, right? In yeah. order to, to garner that emotion. So, and we'll get more deeper into that because I love that you're a writer just like me. Yeah, I was going to say on that, like, I don't know how it is for you because I know you write too, but yeah. um, sometimes for me, I feel almost like 
overwhelmed when I'm like spending a whole day writing because I've spent my entire day in like someone else's mindset and someone yes. else's viewpoint of like how they would respond to something, how that would like make them feel like not even just the words that they would say, but like, what are they feeling internally? Like what's the turmoil happening there? And it really kind of, I mean, I find myself, I know I downplayed it a little bit <laughs> with the curing cancer thing, but like, I find myself like healing parts of my own yeah. um, way of thinking or whatever, because mm -hmm. I've spent the day in someone else's worldview, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it's overwhelming sometimes. And I think like one of the, the most beautiful and also just um, daunting parts of writing is like giving a voice to someone else who whose experiences maybe you haven't fully lived or fully realized but like really trying to kind of like bring that depth and that character um to this person that you're creating into the world that you're creating um and it and really changes your own mental state you know yeah and, and positively and negatively sometimes yeah we're like our own psychiatrist like oh, maybe I should not have reacted that way. Like, or no, do I need I always, to go to therapy today or do I need to just write? Yeah, exactly. Try to make this character redeemable. No, um, and, and it's very hard as a writer sometimes because you can, when you give over that project to someone to read, you're expecting them to know the emotional journey that you went on because you thought you translated it to the page. But sometimes you have to do a deeper dive. I think some of the greatest people are the ones that you collaborate with that understand your yeah. writing, right? That understand the message that you're trying to convey mm -hmm. over there. So I love that you're saying that. I am, we are here with Jenna Frank, producer and writer, my first writer on the show. And I love it because this is like my lane, my jam right here. But before we get into even deeper into um, the writing portion, like describe or elaborate on the life of a producer and a, a writer, what your average day looks like. I know you mentioned with writing, it can go for the full day, but like say if you're getting ready for production, like pre-production, post-production or in production or whatever, you know, give us a, a real visual of what that looks like for you. Yeah, um, my schedule definitely is incredibly varied. Uh, depending on what I have going on at that moment. I was actually just telling someone the other day, like I, when I first kind of got started, I met with an executive producer, just trying to kind of get some advice. It was right after I had done my first um, pilot series, which we can get into that later. But, um, you know, this, this executive producer was telling me, you know, you kind of need to figure out now like where you want to be because traditionally you know if you start off in unscripted you'll probably stay in unscripted because that's where your experience is or if you start out in you know specifically like scripted television versus like feature films like there's mm -hmm. a good chance that that's kind of where you'll stay because that's where your experience is yes and I was obviously incredibly appreciative of that advice, but I chose to not receive it because I was like, I just want like more than that. I want yes. like be able to uh, 
you know, have my hands in a lot of different types of projects, a lot of different, um, I just wanted to work with a more diverse group of people and uh, different types of stories. I didn't want to be limited to kind of one set thing. I didn't want to be limited to one set kind of role. Um, So because I chose that and then, you know, eventually just went out completely on my own, not tied to a specific production company or Mm -hmm. um, agency or anything like that. Um, it's really kind of allowed me to build that career the way I want it. So all of that, to that. Say, it really just depends. Um, a lot of times if I'm developing a project, I'll usually get given, you know, I have a variety of scripts that hit my inbox and I'll kind of see which ones are interesting, read them, start putting, um, you know, a pitch deck together, mm-hmm. um, chat with the writer to see how amenable they are to like changes to the script all of that um a lot of kind of the first pass on scripts which is true of the project that you and I worked on um you know once I receive that from the writer I'm kind of doing that first pass of just making it a little bit more usually studio friendly whether that means like reducing scene locations to make it a little bit cheaper or some of the dialogue like all just kind of thinking through it from like a creative and producer lens of like how are we telling the best story that makes sense for you know where the budget for this will likely land um so yeah what I do is a, a lot of different elements it's like the creative side of things, thinking about the storytelling, but it's also the really logistical side of things, like how much money is this going to cost us, <laughs> What's a realistic timeline. Um, so yeah, again, some days could be meeting with like studio execs to pitch them, you know, a new project that I have coming down the line. Some days I truly am just writing, whether that's for my own projects or, you know, something else that we're in development on. Some days I'm putting like pitch decks together because, you know, we have some, a studio asking us for like five unscripted shows and they want to kind of see what we have on our slate. So I'm just tweaking all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, once we're in the actual production process, it depends on the project. Sometimes I'm on set every day, like I was, you know, on ours. um, And other times I am pretty removed from set and just kind of like weighing in here and there. Same Mm -hmm. with production. It depends on the project. Um, There are some things like American Idol. I was literally every single week, say at the computer with Avid open, like pulling clips that I wanted to use for different stuff. Um, So really, it really just depends, um, which I, I love. And, Mm -hmm. and again, that's what I was really striving for. Like, I didn't want to have all of my days look the same. I didn't want my skill set to be really kind of narrowed down. So I I love the the flexibility. I think it's a little harder to like explain to you exactly what I do because again, yeah. it's different every day. Um, but I I love that part of it that I can kind of like, you know what, today I don't feel like writing, but that's okay because I have like 10 other things that I can do. Yes, so I exactly. feel like just putting numbers into spreadsheets for an hour, you know, and, yes. um, and I have that. So, yeah. But I think that's a really good thing for people to understand because a lot of times they feel like when you get to a certain level, there's just one link. Like you mentioned, like that person said, you can't do both. Right. And I've worked in corporate where they're like, 
you know, you're at the studio, you're working the corporate side, but you can't really hop to the creative. It's a whole other beast. And for many years, I, you know, I was like, dang, this is really a challenge. So it's nice to hear somebody like yourself that isn't like, you know, agency focused and all of that and still have access to the studios and able to do all of that. Plus, again, not a micromanager, but a multitasker. We're going to put that on a t-shirt, Jenna. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we have Jenna Frank here, executive producer, producer, and writer um, at Vonti Talks with Filmmakers. We're going to cut to a quick commercial break and be right back. Thank you. Now, an exciting message from our sponsors. When I decided to launch this podcast, I had the tools to find talent and market the show, but needed a skilled editor to bring it all to life. That's when I turned to Jacob Daly at redhawk.uk. His collaborative approach and swift revisions transformed my vision into reality. Redhawk.uk, your one-stop solution for creative content services. Reach out to them. Now a word from another of our supporting sponsors, that is Realm IQ, a new AI consultancy started by film marketing veteran, Kurt Doty, who has built an international team of AI mentors to help AI change management for your business. Go to www.curtdoty.co slash Realm IQ, smart people for smart adoption, creating smart worlds. Realm IQ, book your AI workshop today, adopt or perish. Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. All right, we are back, you guys, and we are talking to Jenna Frank. She's just breaking down, being that not micromanager, but multitasker. And I just love that you're able to, to really give some insight onto the variety of your day, you know, but now let's dive into, which I really love is the screenwriting part, because I feel like we need to just honor the fact that you have a big series that is coming up, you know, the, the audacious adventures of Arja Lee. First of all, I already know it's going to be big, so we don't even have to worry about that. We're getting exclusive, but we're... <laughs> Where did the idea um, come from for you? And what was that process of starting to write? Because I know me, I have like all kinds of, girl, if you look now, there's like a, a beat sheet on the wall because I love to like visually see stuff instead of like toggling in between programs or trying to read little writing. I'm like, no, I'll just, oh, okay. That's where we're at. <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Audacious, it's had a few different forms actually before it got to its current state as most projects do. Mm -hmm. um, it was a concept that I had thought of probably about six years ago now, actually. Wow. Um, but I didn't really put legs to it until about a year and a half ago. Um because it's actually like the story of, you know, this young Korean girl who's growing up in a primarily white community. She's been adopted into a white family and super small town. It's my story. And so I think for a really long time, I was kind of like nervous to write it because um, not only because it felt so personal, um, 
I just, I wanted to make sure it was written in a way, and this is something I've like expressed to the cast and the director a million times over is like, I don't want this show to feel like it's any sort of um, like hatred or condescension towards the way that I was raised or the things that I experienced. Cause it's really not that. I mean, I, I look at it almost as like a love letter to my family and to my town. And I think that, you mm. know, there are just so many um, factors that come into play when it comes to being, you know, a person of color in that type of environment. And then, you know, the added layer of, um, you know, being an adoptee. And I think that that's something that's like not often told in film and TV, mm -hmm. you know, movies like Lion and things like that, that have been absolutely beautiful. But I think kind of really, um, you know, as I have grown and kind of come to understand more of who I am as, um, you know, a Korean American woman, mm -hmm. um, you know, I kind of try to figure out how to encapsulate that in, in this script for this series of like the dichotomy of that, because I think when I was growing up, I really didn't understand it. I didn't understand how I like, I felt like I had to kind of be one or the other because other people were putting me in that box. Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, like you're American. Well, yeah, I am American, but <laughs> my, my worldview in that is not the same as like my classmates who are like white Americans, you know? And, and mm -hmm. then on the flip side of that, like, well, that's because you're Asian. It's like, well, I am Asian and I am <laughs> Korean, but I, I didn't grow up there and I don't like fully understand um, the culture or what it would be like to be raised by, you know, Korean parents and, mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, so yeah, it took me a really long time, like honestly, well into adulthood, I would say even as recently as the past few years mm -hmm. for me to really kind of understand and embrace like both sides of myself yeah. um, in that. And so that's just something I know, um, even within the Asian community is like a huge um, part of like kind of uh, the Asian demographic that's not often talked about because there just are so many like Asian adoptees, Korean adoptees. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have movies like Joyride now <laughs> where you're kind of like confronted with that in a really funny way. And so I was just trying to kind of, um, yeah, just encapsulate that in, in the story uh, that's being told, but do it in kind of a fantastical and fun way that feels like, um, self-discovery and it's also in yeah. a universal way of like you know just being a coming of age story and mm -hmm. and some of the trials and tribulations of growing up you know first love unrequited love like does it why isn't this guy texting me back you know all of those like little pieces <laughs> that we've all dealt with regardless of race or gender or whatever and so yeah. I really wanted to have a universal appeal while also like really kind of hitting at the heart of um you know this particular experience I love that. And, and more like the audaciousness of it all. <laughs> I have a friend that is um, Black Korean as well, and she was adopted. So it it is always good to tell those stories. It's, it's very hard as a screenwriter to understand how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go in truthfulness or telling someone else's story. But I think there is an audience for everything. And, and when you tell it in a way that's like, coming of age or something like that everybody has to grow up 
everybody has challenges in the way they act or whatever. Maybe they're awkward at that teen years or whatever. So yeah. I think it's really great that you're you're telling it from your angle and you know your truths or whatever, or even some fiction in there, intertwining mm -hmm. it maybe from you know that character speaking to you as well, right? Yeah. So yeah. I definitely applaud you on that, and I love the backstory on that. You know, um, for me myself, I'm not very close with my parents, and I remember writing in a scene of like I'm all about crime, drama, action, adventure, and like this girl, her, her, her. My my mom is not like a crackhead or anything, right? But the character's mom was hooked on drugs. Mm -hmm. And they had a very tumultuous relationship, like almost cursing each other out, coming to blows, right? When yeah. when other people that had great moms read that, they're like, oh, I don't think you need to put that in there. That's not That's not really good. But it's like, as a writer, you have to be able to tell your truth, right? Not everyone has a perfect parent. And it's yeah. reality. So someone watching that scene might be able to connect with it and see the redeemable side when they do reunite later on, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I think there's just something so cathartic about writing. And um, mm -hmm. for me, screenwriting, I'm like able to do that in a different way where I just like couldn't, like I said, couldn't do it with songwriting. Oh, Vanti, if you heard some of the songs there. Ah, just so, oh, just, I need to see so it now. Bad. When I come um, to LA, I'll be there in about, <laughs> I'm not going to age this, but I should be there in another week and a half. If you're around, we're definitely linking up and I'm definitely want to check it out. <laughs> you're like, oh, the songwriting. Listen, some of this music nowadays, you could probably have a platinum hit on your hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take no, but what I was going to say, is, you know, there's just, it's so cathartic. I feel like screenwriting um, to just be able to, you know, like you were saying, kind of give voice to an ex experience that you had, but maybe in a different way or, um, you know, something that's totally not your experience, but kind of getting to step into that headspace for a minute of like, what would that feel like? Or how would I respond? Or how would this character respond? Um, and I just, I think that that is like so beautiful. And so I'm so glad that um that we both get to kind of function in that space and oh experience. my god I love it's it. so healing like it's so healing it for your heart so it's yeah. so healing because I say you know with the screenwriting right you're building a world that did not exist until we drop into the page yeah right and I also say we are creating virtual reality before it even hits the screen as a yeah. real screenwriter, when you say hours of time loss, we're able to look around these spaces like it's right there. When we yeah. get deep, deep diving into screenwriting, like you said, hours can go by. You don't even know when it happened, but you became that personality, right? Yeah. I always love seeing those movies where, what was like um, Ready Player One? Remember when they put on the glasses and it was like a yeah. completely different? I felt like, oh my God, they just captured what screenwriting is. Yeah. To be honest, because that is like how our brains work. We're like in a completely different world sitting yeah. at it, you know, so. You've just tuned into an episode of Conversations with Filmmakers podcast. We'd like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their knowledge. This has been a production of Vonti Pictures, hosted by me, Vonti McCray, a screenwriter and producer. We'd also like to thank Bad Rabbit Pictures for the animated content and creator of upcoming podcast, Age of Prophecy.
along with our sponsor, RedHawk.uk, with all episodes being edited by Jacob Daly, director, producer, and a man of many talents. Come back next week as this saga continues for the Conversations with Filmmakers podcast.